Welcome listeners to a new episode of Criminal Mind, a brand new true crime podcast that delves into shocking cases that all tie into mental health. I'm Raviv, and today's episode is about Candace Hiltz. As always, this episode will contain graphic material that may be triggering, and I urge all of my listeners to listen ahead with caution. Just a heads up, this is the last episode of season two of Criminal Mind, so we'll be back in a few months with a new season. I'm unsure of when the next season will start being released, but I'm going to begin working on new scripts in a month or so, so I'm aiming for some point this spring. Anyway, the case of Candace Hiltz really grabbed my attention, and I think it'll capture yours too. So with that, we're going to strap in and walk through the story of Candace Hiltz together. Welcome to Criminal Mind. Candace Hiltz's life came to a shocking, gruesome end. On August 15, 2006, at just 17 years old, Candace was aggressively murdered at home in Fremont County, Colorado. According to the Canaan City Daily Record, quote, she suffered seven gunshot wounds, including six to her head and one to her chest, end quote. At the time of her murder, she had a beautiful one-year-old daughter named Paige, who was found alive next to her mother's body, alone. Candace was not sexually assaulted during or after her attack, and there were no signs of robbery. Before her murder, Candace had big aspirations. Her biggest, to go to law school. She attended Brigham Young University and at 17 was already a junior in college. In the year before her murder, Candace's life took a huge twist as she found out she was pregnant with her daughter Paige, who had hydrocephalus. Although there isn't any info available online about who Paige's father is, Candace was determined to take care of Paige in any way possible. She decided to take a few years off of school, which, in the grand scheme of things, didn't really matter because she was years ahead of students her age. Instead of taking off entirely, she ultimately ended up taking online courses and was later accepted as a student to Stanford Law School. She was an incredibly bright, inspired young woman, ready to take on the world as a hopeful future Supreme Court justice. And it all came to a tragic end one night, in a shocking, horrific manner. At the time of her murder, Candace was in a relationship with a man named Jesse Weaver. Of course, investigators pegged him as a suspect first. The victim's partner is often looked at as the first suspect, and in this case, Jesse Weaver was cleared relatively quickly. Investigators also took a look at Candace's brother, James Jimmy Hiltz. Jimmy suffered from multiple mental illnesses and was seriously struggling at the time of his sister's murder. He was paranoid, to the point of it being a phobia. I don't think mental health alone is a solid or fair reason to immediately consider someone a suspect in a murder investigation, but it wasn't just that. There were a few significant issues at hand that led police to become suspicious. When Candace was murdered, Jimmy had just recently become homeless after separating from his wife. He was living in the woods behind his family's home, and after a collection of local burglaries, he was considered the prime suspect. I couldn't find any info about him actually being the burglar in any of these cases, but either way, burglary does not equal murder. Another issue at hand was that Candace and Jimmy had gotten into an argument over her dog. About what, I'm not sure, but when Candace was murdered, her dog was also sadly found dead. I do think that part of the story is particularly suspicious and can absolutely be seen as motive, but there was zero proof at that point that her brother was involved at all, so it was just suspicion. I think that Candace was rather protective of her brother, because before her death, there was an incident at home with the Fremont County Sheriff's deputy, 
whose name is Robert Dodd. His name is important in this case, so be sure to remember it. Deputy Dodd came to their home to question Jimmy for a recent trespassing case, and Candace did not like his approach. I don't know if she was trying to stand up for Jimmy or not, because there's no official record of his questioning, but she started to yell at Deputy Dodd, and he threatened to arrest her right then and there. According to Soapboxy, quote, Candace then took it further and told Dodd that she had seen him around town accepting envelopes from known drug dealers and would happily make the other sheriff's deputies aware of his activities, end quote. So there was a lot of immediate tension between her and Deputy Dodd. I wish that there was an actual transcript or even a quote from his line of questioning towards Jimmy, just to see the context of the conversation and what agitated her. But it seems to me like she was just trying to protect her brother from getting into trouble, and got off on a very wrong foot with the deputy sheriff while doing so. She essentially accused a law enforcement officer of taking bribes from drug dealers. Who knows if this information is actually true or not, but what's odd is that not long after, the family dog was missing. And when Candace went to the police station to report it, she apparently got into another argument with Deputy Dodd while there. This is claimed by Soapboxy to be unconfirmed, but worth noting because suspicions about Deputy Dodd and his behavior began to grow. Circling back to after Candace's death, Deputy Dodd was actually one of the officers assigned to work this case. When surveying the crime scene, him and Deputy Briscoe, the other officer on the case, made some huge errors. First off, they didn't tape off the crime scene, which is like one of the first things that's usually done. They also didn't secure it, and I don't really know how either of these two things didn't happen, but it feels intentional. Didn't the crime scene investigators notice that the scene wasn't taped off or even secure? Who was supposed to be paying attention here, and who missed these massive quote-unquote errors? The two officers suspected Candace's brother Jimmy right away. I don't know exactly why, but he was really the only suspect they had. According to Oxygen, Candace's mother, Dolores, told the police that she also thought Jimmy was the one who killed Candace. I mentioned a bit ago that the family dog had been found dead, but didn't provide any context. So, their dog had been found tied up in a tree and had been killed with an axe, which is just so fucking horrible. Who even has it in them to kill an innocent dog? To me, it sounds like someone who had motive. Someone who was angry with Candace or wanted revenge. It just feels vengeful. So now, Jimmy was under a huge microscope, and to be honest, I really couldn't find much information why. I'm not sure if it was solely because of his mental health struggles, or because they had recently gotten into a huge argument over something to do with this family dog, or a combination of these things and more. Authorities obviously had some real reason why they viewed him as the primary suspect. You don't just pull that out of nowhere. Dolores told authorities a bit more about Jimmy's history, and that he was not a violent individual. The police were trying to piece together where he had been leading up to the murder, and she told them he was in and out of the Colorado Mental Health Institute. I understand why they were questioning her, but they carried on for hours, pegging her for more information about her son's whereabout when she had already given them clear and concise answers. Although she initially felt like her son was responsible, Dolores actually backtracked and changed her opinion a few days later. Once back allowed in her home, she found multiple significant pieces of evidence that the crime scene text for some reason did not gather, including a blood-soaked shirt that was Candace's, and I'm going to assume that the left-behind evidence is what swayed her initial opinion. Remember, 
She told the cops that Jimmy wasn't a violent person, but found multiple pieces of evidence that indicated heavy violence. Apparently, not much was taken from the house at all in terms of evidence, which is weird. But Deputy Briscoe came by later that day and picked up the significant pieces of evidence that Dolores found, which is also weird. Why weren't they taken to begin with, especially items that were soaked with blood? There were already a ton of issues with this case, especially in regards to evidence, and Dolores knew it. Jimmy was not charged with anything in relation to his sister's murder, but he was shortly charged after with first and second degree theft and trespassing. I'm honestly not sure why this relates to the case of Candace Hilt, but I think it just shows that the police already had eyes on him, and then his sister was killed, so it just felt like he was the obvious suspect. He was easy to blame. He's a mentally ill man who was homeless at the time, living in the woods. I don't know if he did it, he's never been convicted of murder, but pointing fingers at him just feels like the easy route. Ultimately, in his trespassing case, Jimmy Hiltz was found not guilty by reason of insanity and was sent to the Colorado Mental Health Institute. Jumping ahead to 2016, this is when the case really started to pick up, and it's unfortunate that so much time passed in between, hoping for answers as to what happened to Candace. In December 2016, a man named Ricky Ratzleff purchased a storage unit during a unit auction. Upon opening the unit, there was police evidence inside. And guess whose unit this was? Robert Dotz. Inside the unit included bloody rope, bloody socks, and a fucking axe. An axe. A whole axe. A literal weapon. Why the hell were these items in his storage unit? And how the hell had he not removed them when his unit went up for purchase? They were just left in there. According to the Cannon City Daily Record, this wasn't a police storage unit. It was a personal unit. Like, what? I hope all of you listeners are just as shocked and sickened as me. Remember, her dog was found killed by an axe. That is the first thing that stands out in my mind. And they had issues, Dodd and Candace. They had gotten into multiple public arguments and clearly did not like each other. There is motive there. The items were each in individual plastic bags and labeled as evidence, and were found to be pieces of evidence in the case of the murder of Candace Hiltz. I don't know about y'all, but this honestly made me believe that Jimmy Hiltz had absolutely nothing to do with her murder, and my eyes went right to Deputy Dodd. What's even crazier is, according to reporting done by CBS Local Denver, there was more evidence from other cases of his found in a local landfill. What the fuck? Why was he disposing of so much evidence from other cases? They were all cases having to do with young women, and their case evidence, what would bring them justice, was literally being thrown in the garbage. In 2018, Robert Dodd was convicted on three of four counts relating to the possession of murder evidence in a personal storage unit, according to the Cannon City Daily Record. He was sentenced to 15 days in jail. Only 15. But his lawyer filed an appeal, and he served nothing. Guilty charges included abuse of public records, a misdemeanor, and second-degree official misconduct, refrain from duty, and second-degree official misconduct, violating statute. Dodd told the court, quote, I did my best to serve with honor. I'm not perfect. End quote. Damn right you're not perfect. He provided zero explanation as to why he had the items that he did, and I don't know how that happened. How did he just get away with having these items, including items covered in blood? As a quote-unquote clean veteran police officer, he just got off. That's all that it was. He did say that he wanted to create and write 
a more thorough report about the Candace Hills case, and that's why he took the items home. But as usual, I call bullshit. He brought them to his storage unit to hide. Did he ever bring them to his home at some point? Yes, for a bit. But at the end of the day, these items were ultimately found hiding in his storage unit, which is pretty suspicious to me. The judge in this case used terms like sloppy and negligent to describe his actions. But now, despite the actual motive, Candace's case is tainted with his horrific actions. How can anyone know what is actual evidence? Was anything tested for DNA? I just have so many questions about the handling of this case overall, aside from Dodd's actions. That shit is just too ironic for me. Negligent is the best way to describe this case, and it's at the expense of true justice for Candace. Nobody has ever been charged with the murder of Candace Hiltz. No other suspects have ever been mentioned or discussed with the public, if there even have been any. I am really shocked that this case has run so cold so quickly. It seems like they really zeroed in on her brother right away and didn't even try to look at any other options, which I think affected the overall trajectory of this case. Who knows who else the cops interviewed, if they ever did. But everything about the murder of Candace Hiltz has surrounded around two men, Jimmy Hiltz and Robert Dodd. I have way worse feelings about Dodd than her brother, simply because of what was found in his storage unit. That just doesn't sit right with me, and I still have no clue how or why he got off so easily. Candace's killer is out there, whether it's one of these two men or not, and this bright young woman and her family have had absolutely no justice. Instead, they've just suffered from heartache and despair. Candace Hiltz was a beautifully bright woman with a wide-scale future in front of her, snatched away at the ends of an unidentified monster. It's a tragic shame. Thank you again so much for checking out this season of Criminal Mind. If this is the first episode you've listened to, you can listen to all of season one and season two in their entirety on our show page. As always, you can reach out to me at socials at IamRaviv across the board if you want to give me any feedback, which is always appreciated, or just chat about one of these cases. And this episode concludes season two of Criminal Mind. When selecting cases for the season, I really wanted to hit a range of stories with none being similar. I searched through Reddit threads, the FBI website, blog posts, all kinds of sources to find cases to cover this season, and I'd love to know what you thought of these six episodes. If there are any you like in particular, please let me know on socials. Although this is the end of season two, I am always looking for cases to cover, so if you have any suggestions that fit within the realm of Criminal Mind, reach out to me on social media. Again, I'm at IamRaviv on all socials. I'm specifically looking for cases that revolve around mental health in some aspect. Thank you so much for listening to season two. I really like running the podcast in this format, and I cannot wait to start digging into season three. Again, if you like what you're hearing so far in Criminal Mind, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, rate us five stars, and share with all your true crime addicted friends. See you next season. Love, Revive.